Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Emmy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is The Terminator. This is a bonus episode, which means over the next few months, in between our regular movie reviews, we'll be releasing our take on the entire Terminator film series, so strap in. <laughs> According to Google Movies, disguised as a human, a cyborg assassin known as a Terminator travels from 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor. Sent to protect Sarah is Kyle Reese, who divulges the coming of Skynet, an artificial intelligence system that will spark a nuclear holocaust. Sarah is targeted because Skynet knows that her unborn son will lead the fight against them. With the virtually unstoppable Terminator in hot pursuit, she and Kyle attempt to escape. It's streaming on Showtime and Fubo, and the Rotten Tomatoes scores, the audience give it an 89, and the critics give it a perfect 100. Wow. (laughs) Is this our first perfect 100? I think it is, right? It is. Wow. I'm excited. Well, I am too. Um, yeah, this is going to be a long ride, and I personally haven't seen the Terminator movies, well, the the first one since I was a kid, basically, until rewatching them now. And let me tell you, your experience with Terminators when it first came out, when you're a kid, compared to when you're an adult, are totally different. Also, it was in the 80s when it was, <laughs> this one anyway, was made, so obviously a lot of it is different. Um it's also very special. The beginning of the movie when we are in the diner and we get to see Sarah Connor and all of that is the most 80s thing I think I've ever seen, pretty much. Well, if we need to fix some more 80s movies for you then, because it wasn't I that 80s, so. but it still was pretty. The hair. Oh, the <laughs> hair. Yes. Oh my gosh, the hair. Why was that ever a thing? I, I can't imagine humans ever deciding that that looked good. Hey, they did. Mm, We're special. Um, I just loved the setup of both Kyle and the T-101 showing up because the entire scene setup was gorgeous. The T-101 was so pristine and majestic and fearless. And the way it walked with a purpose was such a great setup for that machine. Whereas when Kyle showed up, he was dirty and scarred and sweaty and paranoid. Mm-hmm, and yep. it was a great way to introduce both characters, especially because at that time when this movie was released, for the first half hour of the movie, you didn't know the exact motives of Kyle. Right. The Terminator itself was clearly on a killing rampage. Kyle could have also been there to kill her. And I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure this time either. <laughs> like, I don't remember watching it as a kid, so I I can't pull on those memories. But I can tell you that when I watched it this time, it was not only do I agree with you, I had no idea if he was going to be like a good guy or a bad guy or what his motives were. But also, I didn't remember how much of a horror movie this movie was. It was so creepy sometimes, and I think that was really, really, really good. I was pleasantly surprised with that, and like the sound effects and the like, the music that they played in those creepy scenes were perfect. Yeah, it was a very gritty movie, and it mm-hmm. really didn't pull any punches. Yeah, wow. and Kyle Reese... We'll talk more about Kyle Reese. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he, I didn't know what to make of him for the beginning part of the movie. 
as far as like what he like what, what his point was, what he was going to do, why he was here, what he wanted. But I wanted him still in the movie. It didn't matter. <laughs> well, you figure it makes sense. He was from the future and it's a very dangerous place there. Hesitation gets you killed. Manners mm-hmm. don't exist. Why would mm-hmm. you bother with manners when just surviving is the thing? So he's the hero, but he's not chivalrous at all. He's rude and brash and insane and violent. And it, yep. it's kind of refreshing that he's such an asshole and is still the hero. Like, <laughs> yeah. he will save your ass, but he does not have time for your shit. <laughs> yep. I'm going to come back to that in a future episode of a future Terminator movie. But yeah, I agree that that is... It was really, really cool to see that they didn't like make him out to be this soft guy because it wouldn't have made sense if they did and I feel like in another movie they might have done that they might have just been like yeah but he's the hero he has to be kind and gentle and caring it's like no but that doesn't make any sense based on who he is what he's seen what he's lived and what he's here for yeah exactly and this movie really doesn't have time for anyone to be polite Mm -hmm. the T-101 is out for blood the entire time And Kyle is out for its blood the entire time. And Sarah has no idea for the first half hour. And it's kind of funny to go Mm -hmm. in between the T-101 shooting people and maiming them. And Kyle stalking her and her just like, look at my (laughs) cute lizard. I'm having fun. Oh, can we talk about her friend Ginger for a minute? Because I loved her so much. She was the perfect, like, best friend in an 80s movie, basically. She was funny. She was fun. She was just, like, she was, I mean, she wasn't, like, the best friend ever, I would say. Because, like, her friend gets her heart broken. She's like, yeah, cool, but, you know, still leave so I can get laid. Which, you know, no judgment. But, (laughs) like, she was clearly heartbroken. But. No, no, it really didn't. Work out well for Ginger. (laughs) I love that Ginger constantly had her headphones on, by the way, and it made me so nostalgic because, yes, let's all bring back the, like, Walkman thing. Um, But, yeah, she was great. She was a great, like, I mean, a part of me wanted to see more of her, and, like, I was sad when she died, but also if there was more of her, I probably would have started disliking her because you can only go so far with a character like that. I loved her boyfriend, Matt, so much more. He was kind of adorable. <laughs> His dirty so talk was surprisingly competent, but then he immediately, when he realized it was Sarah on the phone, just <laughs> got so polite. And it's like, yep. oh, God. Like, the few scenes that he and Sarah have together are so brother-sisterly that actually made me care about both him and Ginger in a very short time. So when they died, it was sad. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go back to the sex talk thing, though, because what I love most about that is that he, once Ginger gets on the phone, he starts all over again, word for word, exactly what he had said to Sarah by accident. So this boy has planned. He has, like, practiced this shit. He probably wrote it down, kept rereading it until he memorized it so that he would get it just right. (laughs) Well, that's a good idea in general. You don't send the first dick pic. You don't just say whatever comes to your mind. When you have the chance to pre-plan that shit, come up with something good to say. 
There you go. That's our message to both guys and girls out there who are thinking about sending sex text messages or phone calls if anybody does that anymore. Plan first, guys. Plan first. <laughs> but yeah, they no, were they were great. They were. And I the sci-fi effects in this movie we have to talk about because on mm-hmm. one hand, um they do not hold up. The lasers and the lightning and the way that the time travel works. Yeah. Does not hold up. On the other hand, in 1984, this was fucking revolutionary as far as the robotics and the look of the Terminators and even that stupid lightning. It was very good. Mm -hmm. And it holds up better than things that are 15 years newer than it is. I mean, there are things I've seen from 2000 that don't have as good sci-fi effects as this movie, as dated as they are. Right. And I think another thing, too, is the originality of it. I mean, nothing is original. Everything comes from something else, blah, blah, blah. But in the 80s, this shit was I mean, I'm not even talking about like in the 80s, like when we watched it in the 80s. I'm thinking back to the 80s and saying this shit was original as hell. And they did such a great job with it because I was still scared in certain scenes. Not like I'm going to have nightmares scared, but like holy crap this is creepy you know so they they did a good enough job not just for the 80s but I think like watching it now still you're even though you have to tell yourself yep this is definitely 80s don't you know don't judge it too harshly because they didn't have as much technologically speaking as we do now but still it worked really really well because still now in 2020 I'm still scared of certain scenes (laughs) Well, certain scenes are really in-your-face creepy. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a point when the T-101 is damaged and has to cut his own skin open to repair himself and does it so matter-of-factly. And Mm -hmm. I am afraid of anything that has to do with eyes. And he he pops out his own eye, and I can't do it. I can't with that. I was sitting there like, no, 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 no. And then I thought of you and I was like, how the hell did she watch this damn movie? Because, <laughs> yeah, I know you have a thing with eyes. And that was probably one of the more creepy things in the movie. I also think the um, like the war scenes or whatever you want to call them with all of the people's like it, there's like skulls and stuff, I think, scattered everywhere. And I think that was creepy, too, because it felt possible i guess especially because it's 2029 right in the future yes yeah 2029 is nine years less than nine years from now that is a creepy thought to have anyway so i just feel like the closer we get to that year the creepier these movies are probably going to get or well, at if least it's reassuring one. to you judgment day was supposed to happen in 1995 and it didn't so oh. we've got a few good years left Thank goodness for that. <laughs> no, but yeah. I will mm-hmm. I'll say I don't think any of the characters that were supposed to be in charge of things did a particularly bad job. Usually in movies like this, the mayor is corrupt or the cops are corrupt or the psychologist is corrupt. I think the psychologist and both of the cops did the best they could mm-hmm. with what they were given as far as Sarah being abducted by this psychopath. Yeah, you and, can't blame them for their reactions at any point. They're doing what they can do. And let's be honest, 
any of us would have thought Kyle Reese was a psychopath if we encountered him the way that they do. Okay, it's not mutually exclusive, though. He is a psychopath. He happens to be right (laughs) about the machines, but he is also a certifiably insane person. True. Good point. (laughs) But Traxler and Vukovic, in the entire time, were really trying to save her. They were going out of their way. They were doing their jobs. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of pissed off about the situation and kind of over it from the start, but they did everything within their power to protect Sarah, including dying to do it. Yeah, and that was nice to see because, like you said, usually those roles are, or those characters are, you know, evil in some way. They have other motives and stuff like that, but they were good people and they tried Traxler, by the way, is my favorite character in this entire movie. Wow. Because I just thought he was so not funny funny the entire time. Like, he was dry. He was just kind of done with everything and everyone. And, I mean, I think it was not just him. It was his interaction with, um, it's Vukovic, right? That's how you say his name. Okay, I think it was their interaction with one another that made me like Traxler as much as I did. But immediately I was like, I love you. You're my favorite person right now. Every time he opened his mouth, he was hilarious. And I especially loved that he had a cigarette in his mouth and he said, give me a cigarette. And he took the pack and I'm like, what, do you, what, what are you doing? How do you not know you're, you have a cigarette in your mouth right now? Yeah, they had great chemistry together and they played off each other very well. They did. And of course, the black man had to die. <laughs> I was sad. I was very sad when he died. I was like, no, but what? I didn't. I honestly didn't expect that he was going to, at least that early on. I expected he was going to be in the movie a little longer. I don't know why. Well, really, everyone in that police station died except Sarah and Dr. Silverman and Kyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was such a big scene in the movie that he just came in the terminator and mowed down the entire building of people yeah yeah that was another one of those holy crap um scenes for me was really creepy i think that's the thing about this movie that does it for me it's creepy in the way where it's i mean it's a movie about futuristic robots and whatnot but it's as realistic as that can be so it makes it even creepier because it's like yeah if the robots do take over shit like this is very real so that's a scary thought (laughs) well at this point they couldn't even make a realistic terminator because if the robots took over we wouldn't even notice because Mm -hmm. right now i'm sitting in front of my laptop with a microphone and headphones with my cell phone next to my knee so i'm dead everywhere (laughs) (laughs) no my cell phone's a little further away from me than that so maybe i'll be okay although i have a laptop and a desktop computer right in front of me and a printer yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> oh, we're all screwed. Yeah. It's interesting to watch this movie first because every reference of Terminator I had growing up was from later movies. So when I turned this on, I immediately expected Arnold Schwarzenegger to be the good guy. Um, he isn't. <laughs> nope, definitely is not. Um, I had no reference of anything. I remember very, very few things of any of the Terminator movies that I have ever seen. Um, And they are not important, like, big things. I didn't remember, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger being 
uh, bad. I knew that he was good. I remembered that, that he is at some point, and I still don't understand that, but that's not what we're talking about right now, I guess. <laughs> but I will say one thing. Watching this movie now, I went, it had to be Arnold. It could have not been any other actor. It had to be him for this to have been as big a movie, I think, because he looks like a fucking robot. When he first like appears or whatever when he's first like shown he's like kneeling or whatever and his thigh is probably the size of half of my entire body and I that hit me really hard because he is a robot and so I had a moment where I was like yep had to be Arnold it had to be there was literally nobody else in the world that could have played this character and had it be this like believable you know and I liked that it was believable with the powers, too. This was not a an incredibly advanced robot. Mm-hmm. It was overly strong. It had the ability to mimic bo- voices that it had heard samples of, and it could repair its own damage. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a magic robot. It was real things that you could imagine that a basic robot model could do. Right, yeah. And that made it scarier, the realism of, like, this isn't, a strange horror movie monster this is a realistic thing that could happen yeah the i'm surprised this isn't our almost our world i guess at this point uh hey the technological singularity is coming that's what they say (laughs) it is but it's i don't think it's coming as quickly as this movie made it out to like if it's supposed to happen nine years from now i don't think it's gonna happen that drastically nine years from now no. It'll start, probably, but... <laughs> and for the record, the reason that Arnold's character is good in this... Or bad in this movie, and can be good in future movies, is because it's not like Sarah Connor, who is a person who is the same person the next movie. The T-101 is a model number of a robot. If this robot dies, they have another one about to come out. It's like an iPhone. Yeah. So it's the same look, but it's not the same. It's not like it's, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to use souls as an example. It's not like it's the same soul of a person going from one body to another or anything like that. It's just, it's just a model. Oh, this, yeah, robots have souls. I'm terrified. Obviously. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, though, um, time travel is fucking weird. Um, and it's very confusing, and I imagine that through the entire rest of this series, I'm going to be just as confused as I was in this one, because, so, okay, I have to talk about a couple of different things, and this might be completely out of order, but I'm going to go there. Kylo Reese is sent back to protect Sarah Connor. Kyle Reese is also the person who impregnates Sarah Connor, with John Connor, who sent Kyle Reese back to protect his mother, right? I got that right? Good. Okay. I'm going to say a couple of things. First of all, their whole relationship, as far as like them, I don't know, falling for each other, having sex, that whole thing, I get why it had to happen. I didn't like that whole thing because it was so out of place i guess in the movie um i'm okay. gonna go to this oh go ahead i will say 
that I get why they had sex. Sometimes when people are terrified, they fuck. And she even says, like, you've never had sex with anybody. And yeah. I get that it's a thing, like, you're protecting me. I should give you an orgasm before you die. Um, <laughs> yeah, and but, you know what? Good for you. Get yours, girl. But I, I'll tell you what I what part of it I didn't like. But go ahead. I don't believe they were in love. I believe yeah. that they had fear sex. Yes. And adrenaline sex, but not love. Okay, here's, I'm going to say this because I think this is going to be important probably for many movies that we review. I'm fine with you showing me that this couple are making out and they're going to go and have sex and clothes get ripped off and blah, 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 this and that. Fine. I'm totally fine with it. Whatever. I'm even fine with like slight nudity. Okay, cool. I don't really give a shit. But what I don't like is when it's supposed to be this like super emotional scene and then you get these like weird close-ups and these like, it just feels really weird to me. It feels like I'm watching a really intimate moment between people and I don't ever want to be there for somebody else's intimate moment, even if it is characters in a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, (laughs) he grabbed her boobs so much. He really did. This, I I don't know the actor's name, but he fucking loved making that scene. That's for damn sure. (laughs) But like, it was really, really, that's what was out of place. It wasn't that they fucked. I get why they had to fuck and why like she wanted to and all of that. But I didn't need the sex scene. It was suddenly just there. And I was like, huh, okay, cool. I guess we're watching semi-porn now. Nice, I guess. <laughs> like, I And know. it was sad because I felt like Kyle and Sarah had such great chemistry before that, not romantic chemistry, but as a captor and a captive and then growing into being partners against the cyborg menace. Yeah. But then it was all of a sudden a romance. And I feel like they knew, okay, well, this, we want him to impregnate her and be John Connor's father. How do we get there? And they jumped point to point without really setting it up. Then again, I would have rather watched the police station get blown up like it did then watch the two of them have romantic chemistry it wasn't a rom-com it was a blow shit up and then they fuck movie right and but that's what it should have been it shouldn't have been this like really like what was what felt like it was supposed to be this romantic lovey dovey like we're making love scene it should have just been we're boning like you didn't have to make it romantic maybe because it was the 80s they had to I don't know but like it didn't that's the thing that felt out of place for me because it's like you are not in love with each other. You're just not. So why are you trying to shove the love part of it down my throat? Just have your sex, get her pregnant, move on, you know, because it also leads to the moment in this entire movie where I went, OK, fuck off. Um is the end of the movie. So I'm really jumping around here, but it goes back to what you said, the whole like their love thing. Um, When she is like doing the voiceover commentary thing at the end of the movie, she says, and I wrote this quote down because I hated it so much. She says, maybe it'll be enough. Oh, she's recording herself, right? Talking to John to let let him know everything and says, oh, should I tell you about your father? I don't know, blah, 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 whatever. And then she decides she probably will and she says maybe it'll be enough if you know that in the few hours we had together we loved a lifetime's worth I'm like that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard any fucking person say shut the fuck up like no you just became a badass right before that why is that what we have to fucking end on well and you gotta imagine there is no way that she could actually be in love 
because you figure her best friend just died. Her best friend's boyfriend, who seemed like a brotherly to her, just died. All the cops who tried to save her life just died. Her mother just died, Mm -hmm. which was such a good scene. It really was. For him to have been there and talking to her with the mother's voice. It's just like, oh, that woman's dead. So creepy, yeah. (laughs) But... Between all of that, you're going to tell me, like, I'm capable of falling in love right now. It's like, no, you're not. You're so shell-shocked. Yeah. Well, I guess but, that makes sense, though, because she's the one who's saying we love the lifetimes worth. Because she doesn't understand her because she's so fucked in the head in that time. Because also, um, she just found out that her son is going to be responsible for fighting the robot army in the future. So, yeah, she's um, a little messed up in the head at this point. So she might think it's love. It's not. But that's we we should just let her believe it. She should have one good thing at least, right? <laughs> well, and it might be important that she says that anyway, because for John to send Kyle back with her telling him what happened, mm-hmm. he knows he is sending him back to live one more day and then die. Yeah. You have to let him know that it's worth it in some way to do that, because if not, then it is, I will trade my life for yours, essentially. Yeah, yeah. See, that that, that whole time travel thing is, again, it messes with my head. I... I have such a hard time with it because even going back to that like ending scene where the little kid comes up and like takes her money by saying some shit to her, which by the way, I love that she, she ends up saying, Oh, I'm not going to give you $5. I'll give you four fucking dollars. You little shit. Um, (laughs) because he's such a little shit, but the picture that he takes is the picture that Kyle had of her from the future. And it's such a mind fuck. Cause I'm like, no, but he's dead now. I'm so confused. Like he's well, he's dead now, but also he hasn't been born yet. But also, this is, <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a thing called the predestination paradox. Essentially, Kyle was always fated to have met and impregnated Sarah Connor. So okay. even though he isn't even born before Sarah dies, he was always there because he was there. So, mm-hmm. in circular theory. He is born after Sarah's death, meets John. John gives him the picture and basically primes him to fall in love with Sarah so that when they find the device that Sarah told John was there that wasn't there when Sarah was alive. Oh, God. I know. (laughs) Stay with me. That Kyle will want to be the one who goes so he can then send Kyle into the past with that picture that wouldn't exist at all. So that he could meet Sarah before the picture was taken so that he could impregnate her. Yeah, no, you've lost me the second you started trying to explain this shit to me. I get it. No, I get it. But it's that constant, like, if you think about it, you're you're just constantly going in a circle in your own mind of like, but wait, but then that means this and that means that. And then how does this happen if that happened? Um, well, and I've learned everything I know about time travel from Back to the Future and this. So... <laughs> Oh, when you're telling me you haven't had real life experience with time travel? I don't believe you. Um, I there's also other things, and he, he, I will go ahead and say this now. I know we're 
reviewing all of the movies individually and we're going to come back to this somewhat probably but I haven't seen most of them and even I think two is the only other one that I had ever seen in my entire life so like that's all I've seen basically but in my head I'm like so does that mean at some point we're going to see Sarah Connor as like an older woman and then Kyle Reese as a baby child and is there going to be some weird shit there because that's some some twilight shit shit. Yeah, like, it's really, it's such a mind fuck for me, because I have no idea what's gonna happen, and my mind just went there immediately, and I was like, well, what? How? What? <laughs> well, I will say this much. The first one that I saw was Terminator 3. That's oh. not the order I would recommend watching these Terminators in. <laughs> Maybe the go first one you ever saw? Yeah, the first one I ever saw was 3. Um. That must have been even more confusing than watching it in order. <laughs> oh yeah, I had no context for anything. I had no idea who John Connor was or why. Um, <laughs> I and just yet, was like you are. an edgy teenager that's like, I don't <laughs> like sci-fi and action movies. And my family made me go see it in a the theater. And I'm just like, I don't even understand what's going on. <laughs> well, I watched this one and went, I'm pretty sure I've probably watched both the first two Terminators with my parents at some point. Um, Obviously not in the movie theaters because what year did this one come out? Sometime in the 80s when I was at most like like four, you know? So definitely, definitely not when it first came out. However, I'm sure I saw them with my parents. And then I watched it and I went, I watched a sex scene with titties in it with my fucking parents. I don't even do that now. If a sex scene is going to come up, I literally will IMDB, like, is there going to be tits in this movie? Do I have to know when to expect them so I can walk out of the room so it's not really uncomfortable? I swear, like, I am still uncomfortable with that with my parents. So I'm not sure how the 80s and the 90s worked, but we watched some sex scenes with our parents at some point. Oh, yeah, you also got to see Arnold's dick swing. So, I mean... Yeah, that's Equal true. opportunity genitals for everyone. I think my first comment to seeing Arnold nude in this um, was when there was a like a shot of him from behind. And I said, as I was watching with my boyfriend, to my boyfriend, damn, Arnold, work on your ass a little. Because he has the flattest ass I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure he's not hurt by that at all. <laughs> no, I'm sure not. Now, but anyway. I just thought it was funny that the punk kid that the Terminator steals the clothes from at the beginning, mm-hmm. not only were they just the little shittiest of little shits, but the one with the spiky hair is Bill Paxton. And you might know him from such movies that are almost iconic, like Alien 2 and Predator 2. Um, and the movie about people who deliberately drive into tornadoes and uh-huh. the guy who was trying to loot the Titanic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Oh, I didn't I didn't like catch that I knew him. Yeah, it's I like him. how is that you? <laughs> yeah, those punk kids were hilarious to me cuz even if you don't know this is like a robot guy from the future, are you really your skinny asses are really going to fuck with a guy with that many muscles? No, I don't fucking think so. Don't be stupid. <laughs> like just well, do what he says and walk the fuck away. Yeah, but they really. they had blades though, so they were prepared. Except not. <laughs> um, I love his outfit, by the way, that he steals. Um, Arnold's 
Terminators, whatever. Um, his outfit is perfect because it is the funniest thing to see this man dressed like that. Um, and also that we're supposed to believe that he stole those clothes from that guy, that skinny ass little guy, and it fit him just fine. I thought oh, that was course. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what I loved, of course, is the magic dogs. The magic dogs. Apparently dogs in these movies are like a catch-all of something being wrong with you. Like if you've been invaded by a body snatcher or you're a ghost or an alien or a cyborg (laughs) from the future, the dog is going to know about it and it's going to blow your shit up. (laughs) Well, they do say dogs can like sense things. My dog can't. She never could, except for when she just stares into the corner of the room, and I'm convinced there's a ghost there. But other than that, uh, I've never seen that to be true with any real dog I've known. <laughs> but well, in it movies. would have to be dogs, though, because with a cat, you'd think everyone was a robot because they hate you. <laughs> That's true. Now, my favorite scene in the entire movie was the psychologist, Dr. Silverman, questioning Kyle. And his complete mental breakdown while the doctor is so excited and fascinated with his story. Yeah. The way Michael Bain plays it is so urgent and so angry. And he really does come off as mentally unstable and borderline dangerous. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of, it was weird because there were some scenes where the same characters were such like 80s actors where you're like, oh my gosh, this is such bad acting. But then at the same time, the same characters, not the same in the same scenes, but in other scenes, they were brilliant actors like that one. That was a really, really good scene. Even with um, Sarah Connor, I can't think of specific ones, but there were times where she was so scared and right at the beginning when Kyle like abducts her and she's in the car and he she's like flipping out that was all so good she was so good in those scenes but at the same time whenever there were like scenes where they were supposed to be getting along I was like oh you guys are such bad actors how are you the same people well I think I love Sarah in this movie partly because I know what she becomes and I'm there for the character growth Like, Mm -hmm. she had to start off kind of like a shitty, ditzy waitress, and then she had to grow into the reluctant heroine, and then into, like, the bad bitch icon. Mm Mm-hmm. And well, I'm I'm learning that about her now as I'm watching the series again, so it's really, really cool for me to get to see it, like, kind of for the first time. Yeah, and I'm glad they let her save herself. I mean, unfortunately, it meant that Kyle had to die, but he had to do it for the emotional beat of the story, and she had to be the one that saved herself. Yeah. Um, That line, too, she says, you've been terminated, fucker, I think, or something along those lines was really, really great. I love that. Yeah, very cheesy, but it's an 80s movie. Of course, it's cheesy, and it was epic. (laughs) Um, Is that your favorite line? It was not, actually. And I will tell you my favorite line in a second. But I'm going to go back really quickly to um, those end scenes when they're, like, fighting Terminator. And they just, like, when they think they've defeated him, and then they just, like, are on their knees in the scene, like, still in that same place, 
hugging each other. I'm like, this is not the fucking time. Don't you know anything about anything? Maybe go away from here. Cause yeah, that fucker's not dead, you know? Um, I mean, obviously that there's was... no way for them to know that, but I hate when people do that in movies. <laughs> It was the most beautiful scene in the whole movie, though. Not them hugging, but mm-hmm. when the oil tanker is blown up and the Terminator's outer skin just melts off of its chassis is gorgeous. Yeah, and they really spend is. so much time letting you watch it burn and peel. Mm-hmm. And it's a glorious fucking shot. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. But to follow that with something that wasn't as great, because again, technology wasn't what it is today. Um, when the robot, just the robot with no skin, comes out of like the fire or whatever, it's so bad. It's so poorly done, but also so great. Because, I mean, I'm sure in the 80s, it was amazing and just mind-blowing and beautiful. But now, I really liked that it was so cheesy-looking. Because I, like I said, I was scared in some of these scenes. And then that happened. I was like, oh, thank goodness. This is hilarious. It was cheesy looking, but the feet were creepy. The curved bird feet. Yeah. Overall, I think the robot looked pretty creepy. I just think the, like, the background as it's moving was funny. Cause it, it's the feet and the teeth. Oh. I, I don't know what it is exactly, but that sounds about right. Creepy feet are always going to be. The creepiest part of anything i think feet are weird <laughs> but yeah they are <laughs> apparently we're finding out that i have a fear of feet today <laughs> that's cool um my favorite line by the way has nothing to do with it being a great line it just has to do with the fact that whenever we have talked about the Terminator movies, my boyfriend has quoted one line at me and he's quoted it at me outside of talking about the movies too, because apparently he knows one and two, like he has it memorized basically. Um, But he, what he said to me randomly, come with me if you want to live. And I never remembered, he told me it was from Terminator movies, but I didn't ever remember it. And then watching this and hearing the line was great. (laughs) Now, it's one of the most famous uh, lines from these movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time, people remember it being said in two. Mm -hmm. And I think it hits differently because a lot of these catchphrase lines that were said in two Mm -hmm. by Schwarzenegger and everyone remembers them as Schwarzenegger lines, were not his lines. They were lines from one. Mm -hmm. And so it hits differently hearing him say it in the second one. I got lucky, I guess, because I watched, two was on TV before we decided on this series. So I watched two a couple of months ago, parts of it anyway. Um, And so I kind of got to see certain lines from him for the first time again <laughs> or not again but like now re-watching them so I I saw it from him and so I had it in my memory as that um and I d- would never have remembered that it was in one but I think it's cool that they did that I like that they repeat shit like that and they tie it back to a previous um like movie from the series well we're not talking about two right now but mm-hmm. when the robot Arnold Schwarzenegger says in two, come with me if you want to live to Sarah. He is saying mm. something that Kyle had said to her before. Right. And it 
feels different to know that than it just did to have it be like, oh, he said the thing. Right, yeah. Now, my favorite line is not one of the catchphrases. Oh, what is it? I think this is the line that really tells what this version of the Terminator is. Uh-huh. Um, when Kyle's being interviewed by the doctor in the police station, he's really upset and he just kind of yells, you don't understand. He'll find her. That's what he does. That's all he does. Hmm. And it's so urgent. Yeah. And it really sells the sense of fear that you should be feeling over this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that whole scene, like you had already mentioned, was a really, really important and powerful scene, not only for Kyle, but also just for the movie in general. But yeah, that that's a really good line, too. And I, I do think it's based on um, the way the actor plays the role and how well he sells that like fear and worry and all of that that Kyle is feeling in that moment. And just like, I think the helplessness too, because he knows that he's kind of screwed right now. He's like, I'm fucking stuck here and you guys won't listen to me. And every second that you keep me here away from like protecting her is another second closer to losing her. Well, and especially because at that point she doesn't trust him and she's asking the cops, basically, is he crazy? Yeah. And they're reassuring her in the way that makes sense and is reasonable about how the Terminator probably was hopped up on meth and was wearing a bulletproof vest and all Mm. of these things that sound completely reasonable that you would tell someone if you didn't know that there were robots from the future trying to attack you. Yeah. And it makes so much sense, and she believes it for a second. Yeah. And I also, by the way, love the scene where she's hiding when, um, like when the, when, uh, <laughs> Terminator, I, I like, uh, I, I'm blanking on the wording for it, but the really, really, um, important shooting of the police station scene is what I'm talking about. Um, but when she hides behind the desk and she's so terrified and she's like, okay, that's it. I'm dead now because they're like she thinks this Terminator that's trying to come into the room and then it ends up being Kyle. And that moment was also, I think really important because that was the second where she was like, that's it. I have no questions. I have full trust in you. Let's go. Like I'm, I'm done questioning it. Cause it's like, how are you going to question it at that point anymore? And I love when they do, when they're, when movies are able to do that, where they show you things that they could have said, but you don't need to hear the words for it. Yeah, this movie was in general very good with not having too much exposition. Mm -hmm. And when they did have to have a scene that was exposition, like John or like Kyle telling Sarah about the future and John and what John said to tell her, Mm -hmm. they really balance it by going, okay, well, we had a little bit too much exposition and now 70 people are going to (laughs) die. Yeah. And we're going to blow something up. (laughs) So it never becomes a drama. Yeah. Which is really good. I wish action movies of today would learn from that. Because even though I said, like, they weren't in love and I didn't, like, I hated that they threw that shit in there. And, like, I didn't want, I didn't want them to show me a full-on sex scene and all of that. Even all of that didn't turn it from, here's an action movie to, oh, by the way, it's also, like, a romance movie. 
here's all the love scenes that you're going to be sick and tired of. Um, they didn't do that. They didn't go too far with it, even though I didn't like what they put in. Um, I got the point of it and they didn't like stretch it out for too long, I guess. So I appreciate that about the movies too, or the movie too. Cough, Jurassic World, cough. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that someday. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. So many movies. <laughs> yeah, I love that I remembered Arnold differently in these movies because, you know, when you're a kid and you're thinking of a robot guy, it's so much bigger than it actually is. Um, not to say that he wasn't really good in the role. Like I said, I it couldn't have been anybody else. But I thought it was kind of funny now as an adult and like knowing Arnold and seeing it, him in so many different movies and all that, um, watching this and going, the accent is weird. It's really weird that this robot is speaking in this fucking accent. Why? Why is this a thing that's happening? It doesn't make any sense. And so it was because I know Arnold Schwarzenegger as the actor. I mean, like not on a personal basis, but I I know him from so many things and I know so much about him that it was like, it was so him in the those scenes where he was speaking. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a robot. It was Arnold. Well, this particular unit is not an infiltration unit. He's a termination unit. Mm. So he has to be big. He doesn't have to be someone who blends in. Right. His, his model was made for strength and murder. And that's it. And that is all he does. Yeah. And he did a great job with that because while it's very difficult, I'm sure, to act like you have the appropriate feelings, mm. I think it's probably even more difficult to act like you have no feelings at all at any point and be a complete blank. Yeah, I agree. And he was empty. Mm hmm. Yeah. And going back to what I said, having seen him in other roles since these movies, um, he's obviously that's not just how he is. You know what I mean? Like he is very lively in other movies. So it's not like it was just it's just how he, like he looks and what he's used to playing or anything. This was a very impressive role that he played, especially I'm going to go back to what I said. I think everything about this movie, considering it was in the eighties was so just mind blowing. Even today, thinking back on it, just going, I can't believe somebody came up with this. I can't believe somebody created this. I can't believe these people were able to act this well because it feels like the 80s were 100 years ago, and basically they were. But knowing that they didn't have as much back then, especially the technology part of it, is it makes it even more impressive that this movie was created and was so good that you're still able to fully enjoy it today. Well, there's something to be said about practical effects and how incredible they look. And I don't think CGI has really the surpassed practical effects yet mm -hmm. i mean some practical effects look a little cheesy mm -hmm. but i think that even the fake robot big white turd jaws look yeah. better than a cgi dinosaur yeah that's true 
Well, think about it. These things scared us when we were kids. I'm not sure if the CGI dinosaurs scare kids nowadays. The newest Terminator came out, I believe, last year. So I guess we'll get to see if CGI is (laughs) That's true. It'll be interesting. I can't believe they're still making fucking Terminator movies. I'm telling myself anyway that it's not the end. There's going to be more. They did anticipate it being a threequel. Because nothing can be made just one these days. Everything has to be a trilogy or the sequel date or something. Well, see, I'm just wondering if... Because I'm probably one of very few people who does not enjoy people taking things from like our childhood time period and just either recreating it or adding an episode to it or whatever. Um... I really just have avoided all of that until now. I mean, I still haven't seen the newest one, but I'm going to. So that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what my reaction to it will be. I'll probably, I'm expecting to not like it. Let's put it that way. So I'm very looking forward to watching it and seeing how I actually feel, especially since I am watching them all kind of back to back, like within a couple of weeks. So I'm everything is very fresh in my mind where I'm like, oh, yeah, I just watched the 80s and 90s movies. And now let's compare that to the most recent one and see. If- well, and that's really not how they were meant to be watched, because these but- movies did not come out sequentially. Mm-hmm. The first one came out in 1984. And I believe the second one was in the 90s. And mm-hmm. the third one, I think, is from 2003. <laughs> so they were not meant to be back to back. There are 10 years in between almost every Terminator movie. Yeah, which is another incredible thing, though, because in my mind, when I think back to Terminators 1 and 2, I thought they were a couple years apart, like most movies that are part one and part two tend to be. I was really confused with, and it might not be a full 10 years, but it's close to that. And I was really, really confused by that because I was. I in my mind it was no there's been like maybe three years in between the two the first two movies so I think that's that says even more that they were like every 10 years they're like let's make another Terminator movie (laughs) Uh, maybe someday we'll come up with a new storyline to write about who knows um hopefully the ones they came up with will be as enjoyable as we seem to have found this one yeah um, and we're going to talk about the ratings, but I'm curious, did you did you say who your favorite? No, you didn't say who your favorite character is. I know you talked about liking what they did with Sarah and that they let her be her own hero and stuff. But who's your favorite character in this one? Now, I liked Sarah because of the setup of Sarah. But in this one, Sarah is not my favorite because it was all set up and almost no payoff of Sarah. Yeah. Kyle was my favorite in this Mm -hmm. one. The frantic energy was so good. And it really set the tone for the stakes of this movie. Because Sarah didn't know the stakes. As far Mm -hmm. as she knew, it was just her life and nothing else. And the Terminator didn't really convey anything as he was supposed to. But it's hard to say a character is your favorite that is just a shell of murder. (laughs) Yeah. Kyle was great. Kyle, I think, was also kind of because of his, uh, 
knowledge because of what he again what he's seen what he's been through and all of that and what his job is here he almost was somewhat robotic even through all of the emotions you see because there were things that he didn't understand there were things like the the sex thing the fact that he was like when they're having the conversation and she's like oh was there like was there someone in your time? Like he's, she wants to know about the women and if there was someone special in his life and whatever. And he just seems so confused with the idea of having that kind of a relationship, because I imagine that in that time, they would be pretty difficult to worry about love and sex and that kind of shit, you know? Um, So I think I can also imagine there wasn't a lot of birth control being made at that time. And when you yeah. need somebody to be able to fight, you don't want them to become pregnant or... True, yeah. Yeah, he just... I think he was a really interesting character. Again, the whole time travel thing confused me and still confuses me and it's going to forever be a mindfuck through all of these movies and far after, you know, long after I've watched these movies. But, um, yeah, he was he was a good character. I, I, I don't know why, but the first couple of minutes we saw lieutenant traxler i was just like yep that's it that's all i needed in this movie even if the rest of the movie is shit i'm happy (laughs) oh he can be your favorite he doesn't have to be the biggest character in the movie to be your favorite i like being a rebel and choosing someone nobody else will choose no i'm kidding um (laughs) yeah um and luckily though i'm gonna move on to our final ratings by saying that luckily that traxler was not the only good thing in this movie there were other good things in this movie. I did quite enjoy it. Um, I gave it a 74% only because I can't imagine ever going back, maybe in like another 10 years when I become nostalgic for it again. Um, but I can't imagine going back and wanting to watch the whole movie again. Uh, or as I gave it an 89. Ooh. It had just enough setup to keep it going but it didn't waste a lot of runtime giving us details we didn't need yeah and some of the visual shots were so good the main terminator theme is so good yeah and the powers are reasonably scary without getting cartoonishly advanced but the romance wasn't necessary and i didn't like it (laughs) yeah yeah i think to me was there wasn't too much that jumped out and made it like super special but you know maybe maybe in um future episodes i'll be able to talk a little bit more about why (laughs) well and maybe that just means that you're set up to love future episodes even more and at the end of this series we are going to do a breakdown in order of which our favorite to least favorite were (laughs) i can already take a guess on the order of that and i've only seen two of them (laughs) wow are you from the future? I might be. <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't say that if I was, I guess. Damn. Not the most well, smart robot, are you? No. Darn. They gave me emotions and no intelligence. <laughs> Useless. Um, anyway. <laughs> As we said, these are bonus episodes. So we're going to be doing the entire Terminator series in between our regular random movie episodes. That means our next bonus episode will be in two weeks and will be Terminator 2 Judgment Day starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. Yay. And I'm looking forward to it. In the meantime, guys, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies, on Twitter 
millennials atm and my personal twitter is ami that's a-m-i underscore movies and mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit we'll see you guys next time bye